This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's been a good month for Canadian writers. Margaret Atwood and Naomi Klein have both received recognition for their work. Karen McKay can offer a bit more context. Karen is the communications manager at the Centre for Equitable Library Access. Hey, good morning, Karen. Nice to chat with you. Good morning. Nice to see you. So let's start with Margaret Atwood, who won the 2024 Writer in the World Prize. She's the first Canadian to receive the award since it was established in 2021. I don't know if that's a massive accomplishment to have only received, been the first Canadian to receive something that's only existed for three years. But nonetheless, that is a fact. Uh, Karen, I, I, I know there are all kinds of flowers for Margaret Atwood in the literary world. How would you describe her impact? Well, from a personal perspective, um, she, I read her Handmaid's Tale book in university and it shocked me. And I sort of dug into it a little bit and learned that she had pulled from um, realistic sources for this book. And so it opened an awareness in me in, in a ton of ways. And I think that that's what her work does sort of globally. It really makes us think about things differently. She is um, she's an incredible writer. So the, the literary capacity is just phenomenal, but also just the way that she thinks of, uh, about the world and draws in all of these different perspectives, I think is really important for readers. And that's why she holds such a, um, an esteemed place in our literary world. I, I think that her ongoing commitment to libraries and literature also is something that makes her stand out. She's not just someone who says, buy my books and read my books. She believes deeply in the power of reading. And I think that's something that you and your colleagues and certainly this guy sitting at this desk deeply believe in too. We are very grateful for her advocacy, not only for us, but for literature in general. Yeah, 100%. All right, Karen, let's just switch over to Naomi Klein, who's on the long list for this year's Women's Prize for Nonfiction for her book, Doppelganger. Why do you think this book stands out? Well, the premise of this book is really interesting. So Naomi Klein has been... Um, mistaken for Naomi Wolf, another author who's a feminist, and, and um, she became sort of a conspiracy theorist during the pandemic. And so the, the book is all about um, how these two women are confused, what it means for Naomi Klein, what it means for their, their work, for their persona, for their audience. It's just a really interesting book. And Naomi Klein, is she's another amazing writer who has the ability to weave all these different threads together to come up with something that's really sort of a unique perspective on things. What are some of the other topics that are being uh, brought forward? There's 16 other books that have been uh, nominated here. So what are some of the topics that are being brought forward more broadly? Um, well, it's a women's uh, prize. So things like feminism are, are a common thread throughout the role of women, uh, the role of society, the, you know, all of those sorts of things that you would expect, relationships, motherhood, love, loss, all of those sorts of things, but all from a women's perspective, which I, as a woman, really appreciate. The shortlist will be revealed on March 27th and the winner on June the 13th. All right, Karen, you're always trying to beef up my reading list. This time you're going to add some audiobooks to the mix. The 2024 Audi Awards nominees are out. They are a 
premier awards program in the United States, highlighting, highlighting audiobooks and other spoken word entertainment. The winners will be announced in Los Angeles on March the 4th. So, Karen, let's go through a couple that stood out to you. Murder Your Employer. Don't get any ideas, Dave. The McMaster's Guide to Homicide by Robert Holmes. So I looked at this list and I thought I was kind of in an odd mood when I chose all these books. So this one is about um, a college dedicated to the fine art of murder. So students study how to best, quote unquote, delete their most deserving victim. Uh, in order to gain access to the, to the college, they have to have an ethical reason for erasing someone who deeply deserves the fate. So the book is written uh, sort of as a, in a handbook format uh, by the dean of the school, and it details the experiences of three different students from the graduating class. One's named Cliff Iverson. He's an aer uh, aeronautics engineer. Uh, another's a hospital employee. And the third is a um, uh, Hollywood diva. And so they all come with this, this plan to get rid of somebody who's um, making their life difficult. And they, for the most part, it's their boss. And so the, the book is hilariously funny. It's very dark. Um, and as readers, you end up kind of on the wrong side. You're sort of cheering for the murderer in, in these books, um, which, you know, which I think is just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a delightful take on just sort of flipping this story. The book's sort of a slow burn and you end up guessing and assuming only to really have to to reevaluate your assumptions. It's really witty. There's lots of wordplay. There's all kinds of really breathtaking twists. Uh, and it's just it's just an interesting premise for the book. So I thought I'd share it. I thought that might be something that you might like, but it's something <laughs> I really want to read too. I haven't had a chance to get all the way through it. I just did a quick uh, quick review on it, and it's it is very funny. Karen, you are very good at reading the dealer over here. You'd be an excellent poker player. Okay, over to a Tom Lake, a novel by Ann Patchett. Yeah, so this one is nominated in a few categories, including Audio of the Year, Fiction, and Best Narrator. And I have to say, I did read this book uh, just after Christmas, and Meryl Streep uh, narrates it, and she is fantastic. I'm really pulling for her for that award because the narration is just fantastic. So the book is about um, a woman named Laura. She has three daughters. Uh, it's written during the pandemic, and so all three daughters are home. They have a, a cherry uh, orchard that they run in northern Michigan. And Laura, in her earlier years, was a, a famous actress. And so we get to hear the story of her acting uh, career. She always played Emily in uh, Our Town. So if you're going to read Tom Lake, I suggest reviewing what Our Town uh, is about, because the, the book sort of uh, intertwined with Our Town. It's a really beautiful memoir. As I said, it's, it's wonderfully um, narrated. And it's all about youthful love and regret and um, the the impact that early relationships have on us. Um, it's about identity, both the one that we put out into the world and the one that we sort of keep hidden. Uh, there's a little bit of a twist at the end, which, um, which I loved. It's one of my favorite books of the year. I know it's only February, but so far it's one of my favorite books of the year for sure. You know, even in February, it still counts, Karen. It still counts. I'm, I'm excited to watch Dune in a couple of weeks. It'll be my favorite movie of 2024 until something else comes out. Okay. Right. I'm going to read the title for this one, and then you're going to tell me a little bit about it, and then I'm going to tell you one of my favorite dinosaur facts. This one's called okay. How to Survive History, How to Outrun a Tyrannosaurus Rex, Escape Pompeii, Get off the Titanic and survive the rest of history's deadliest catastrophes. This is by Cody Cassidy, and it's in the humor category. 
It is, and it's a very funny book. So um, history, the premise is that history is the most dangerous place on Earth, and the odds of human survival are slim, but not zero, at least uh, not if you know what to do where you're, and where you're going to go. <laughs> so so there's a chapter uh, in each in this book for a variety of different things. Like you said in the title, there's the dinosaur age, but there's also the ice age. Uh, there's the darkest year of the dark ages, Black Death, the fall of um, Constantinople, the... Uh, voyage with Blackbeard. Like it's just, it's a really kind of eclectic um, uh, book. So if you like your history with a with a twist of humor and a side to serving of science, this is the book for you. It's It sort of reads as an entirely serious attempt, although it's not, um, to guide visitors through all of our sort of greatest catastrophes over the year. And it's done with the benefit of hindsight and modern science. So if you love time travel, if you're into history, um, if you want to just have, a, you know, something really interesting to talk about at your next dinner party, this is the book for you. It's hilarious. Karen, the fact that you and I are alive today is a miracle and a blessing. And, that, and, that's, and that's at the heart of gratitude, like through and through, to know what our ancestors went through from being a little speck of bacteria in the ocean to where we land today still being here is a remarkable, amazing thing. I love time travel. I love dinosaurs. I love the notion of time. I would argue that the Tyrannosaurus rex is probably the most famous dinosaur, and it walked the Earth about 65 million years ago before the asteroid hit and the dinosaurs were wiped out. I would argue the second most famous brand of dinosaur are the long necks, the Diplodocus, the Brachiosaurus, the herbivores, the long-necked herbivores that wandered the Earth about 140 million years ago. Where you and I sit today is closer to the existence of the Tyrannosaurus rex than the Tyrannosaurus rex was to the existence of the Diplodocus. That's amazing. And it's kind of mind-blowing, right? It's yeah. kind of mind-blowing. Okay, Karen, one more here. I'm, I'm not even sure if I should even be saying the title of this novel. I, I wonder if it might actually mm. be a racial slur. Um, so I'm going to do this with a bit of a caveat and a bit of uncomfortability. And I'm going to warn you that you've only got about two minutes to talk about this. It's Yellowface, a novel by R.F. Kuang. Yeah, so this is uh, nominated for the fiction category, and this is a really interesting book. It's written by a Canadian author, and it's about uh, two authors. So the first is Athena Liu. She's a critical and commercial darling. She's just signed a huge deal with Netflix, and she has a, a frenemy, a, f a friend and an enemy in Juniper Hayward who has uh, written her debut novel, but it's already been forgotten. It was sort of axed due to poor sales. Athena dies in a freak accident, and June steals her unpublished manuscript and publishes, at a, uh, publishes it as her own under the name Juniper Song. So all of June's dreams come true. She gets a million dollar, more than a million dollar advance. She gets all of the critical kudos she's been hoping for. She gets a spot on the New York Times bestseller list. But there's this small issue that she didn't actually write the book. And so the story begins down this path of um, June trying to justify what she's done, trying to cover up what she's done. The world shifts beneath her feet quite a lot. There's a, a lot of it's sort of absurd, so it is a bit funny in places. Um, but it really is an interesting book in that it delves into things that we have been talking about more broadly. It talks about things like uh, the publishing industry. Cultural appropriation is a big theme in this book. The alienation that comes from social media. 
it's partly, um, it's a very interesting book because the characters are not overly likable. So it really pushes us as a reader to examine our own stereotyped assumptions. And it it's um, sort of a what would you do if kind of premise. Mm, like how mm. far would you go to get the things that you want? How far would you go to preserve those? And at what point do you realize you're off track? Oh. It's a it's a it's a wickedly funny book in places and yet also really a thoughtful one. Yeah, love it when a book puts me into an ethical quandary. Thank you, Karen. That's Karen, that's Karen McCabe from the Center for Equitable Library Access. That's all the time there is for the show this week. Until Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Let's say thank you to the people who put this show together. Roll those credits, gang. Host, Dave Brown. Co-host producer, Alex Smythe. Sports reporter, Brock Richardson. Entertainment reporter, Laura Bain. Contributors, Ramia Muthan, Nisreen Abdel-Majid. Senior show producer, Andrika Delanero. Visual producer, Bruce Baclarian. Producers, Paul Daniel, Marianne Dion-Jones, Bob Pagrak. Production assistant, Kingsley Juco. DB producer, Mark Phoenix. Director, Anastasia Spalding-Stenhouse. Control room operators, Daniel Panamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Oxtoby, Caitlin Robinson. Operations Coordinator, Jordan Mulgrave. Manager of Operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of Live Productions, Paula Deneen. Director of Content Development, Kara Nye. Vice President of Programming, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback, 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2024, Accessible Media Inc. NAMI Original Production. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.